Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Florence and Romano. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here this wonderful day. I'm um, great to be here with you. Oh, girl, I'm excited to have you because we talked just briefly before we hit the go button, how yes. important it is to find and build your tribe, your community. There's many different terminologies for it. <laughs> um, but, you know, we were talking about how disconnected folks feel. And right. I, I told you just recently, I was, uh, you know, when I go to the sauna after gym, there are people like all head down into their phone. But not only that, I also walk by in the morning as I go to my car Um kids who are waiting for the bus and they're all each individually separated from each other down in their cell phones and so disconnected and you've written a wonderful book called build your village a guide to finding joy and community in every stage of life so this isn't isn't just important for children out there or teenagers but all stages of life Uh, what brought you to write your book Well, during COVID, I I looked around and thought, gosh, on a global level, we all know what it's like to lose our people, to lose our support system. And after going through that, and gosh, you know, that was something to go through for sure. You know, the history books and uh, ourselves, I guess, will tell those stories for years to come. But after that, we had to get back out there. We had to connect again. We had to go back to some sort of normalcy. And as I started to notice people doing that, I noticed two things. People didn't know how to do it and people didn't kind of want to do it. And I thought that was the most important piece of it. And so I started thinking about that proverb that we hear so often, it takes a village to raise a child. And that's lovely and that's true. But I also feel that it's a little too nebulous and it's also excluding a whole lot of people who don't have children. Uh, Those people deserve to find their community too. So that's what prompted me to write Build Your Village. Yeah. And again, you know, I don't think it's just COVID. I I think there was a certain level of disconnectedness. You know, I think social media and iPhones and all that jazz has been wonderful, amazing tools that have really broadened 
I mean, look at people can start businesses like in a flash with almost right. no money down or zero money down and start a business with their cell phone. I mean, right. so it's, it's amazing uh, right. the power we have. But right. I, I think part of this technology has led to uh, us becoming disconnected as hu- human. Uh, why do you think we've become so comfortable with disconnecting and kind of retreating into technology instead of connecting more with each other? The work of connecting with people, it's going to require honesty. It's going to require vulnerability. Uh, And that's not always comfortable. And I think that when you have to put yourself out there, there's also a level of rejection that you're worried about. And I think we often find this you know, of course, adults feel this way. We feel rejected in different in different scenarios, but teenagers very specifically, it's a time in your life where you just want to fit in. You don't want to stand out for the wrong reasons. And rejection when you're younger, uh, that oftentimes is, is quite more turbulent to navigate than perhaps when you're older. You don't have as thick a skin perhaps as when you get older. Um, and I have found that that's probably a big reason why retreating to social media is just easier because it doesn't require a whole lot of perhaps for lack of a better word, bravery from you. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. But, you know, as you said, this isn't just hit the teenage population or even kids. Cause I, I see two-year-olds with iPhones or phones yeah. these days, but I mean, adults, uh, I started last year a networking business event uh, near Houston and, and everyone was like, ah, busy, 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 busy. And then the minute I said, let's go online, they're like, oh, okay, I could do that. Ah! And so uh, I was like, it, it's like, no, drive, get there, sit there. I could just sit in front of Zoom. I'm like, but you do that all day long, people. Let's right. connect. Let's right. be in front of each other. And right. you're, you know, I, I think it's a little bit, I think bravery plays a part because and, and being rejected. But I think it's too comfortable. Actually, I agree. Like I said, you know, after COVID, especially everyone was like, gosh, you know what? Yoga pants and Netflix, a lot more interesting (laughs) than actually going out and meeting someone for dinner, you know? And, and so, yeah, I think let's say, let's say what we're not saying, right. Mm. It's lazy. We're, we are getting a little lazier about, uh, about connecting. Mm. Um, You know, we could, we could manufacture a whole lot of reasons that maybe are deeper and those are true, but I also think that there is an effort that is lacking as well. Mm. So now I, I know it's probably going to be a little painful for people listening in who begin to think, okay, I'm going to take some of your advice from your book and what we share today. Um, but I think there's going to be a little level of having to get past comfort right. to do some of these things that will right. inevitably lead to a much richer life. Right, right. And and taking that step, and I always laugh because, you know, hey, I could write this book and give you the directions and give you that roadmap. People always say, well, we're, what's the phone number to call the village? And, you know, where are the directions? Okay, so here's the book. Here are the directions to the village. But I can't make you go there. You have to get in the car and drive. So just like anything in life, it's going to take you deciding that you want it to change until you want it to change. It's not going to change. People are not just going to show up at your front door and be like, Hey, I'm here to support you. and love you. That's not what happens. You know? So exactly. you have to decide it's important for you and you're ready to put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. And now let's say someone listening in, they've become so disassociated. It could be a teenager. It could be an right. adult. And they are like, I don't even know who my tribe is anymore. How do they begin to get in touch with where do I find that community and who is it? 
Well, I developed six different archetypes in the book, six different villagers, if you will, that you identify with. You think, okay, who am I of these six villagers? And then also, who am I looking for in my village of these six? Again, it's this circle. It's not just me, me, me. It's a reciprocal, you know, yeah. uh, you know, give and take relationship. Uh, but I always think that the common denominator for the first step to doing, to becoming any of those six or finding your community is in philanthropy. It's a great way to meet people that are like-minded, that share a passion, but also probably are coming from diverse backgrounds and you get to pay it forward. You get to do something good in the world. You know, I do believe that our life is supposed to be lived in service of others. Mm -hmm. um, and you're also at the same time going to be able to open up your database. Your demographic is going to change and hopefully you will start to find different people that you connect with. Um, and also looking at your life as it currently exists. Maybe you have people in your life that fit into these villagers, but you're still feeling like something's not right. I'm still not fulfilled by it or some, you know, what's going on? Why does something feel funky? Well, maybe it's because you have put people in the wrong seats. Then you need to shift it up. You need to, you know, shuffle the deck. Maybe mm -hmm. your accepting villager is really not your accepting villager. Maybe they're the organizer and you're not setting them up for success in your life. So they're failing you. Mm -hmm. And maybe you feel the same way too, because other people are putting some sort of expectation on you that you can't fulfill. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a lot again of this kind of introspective self-awareness that we're asking to happen. But at the same time, it's not such a heavy lift to be able to look at what are my strengths and then also seeing people for who they are. It's, it, it, there is simplicity in this work as well. Yeah, I, I love that because really it starts with you and, and getting a handle on who are you all about and, and being introspective. I remember an exercise, and I don't remember what book it was, where I, I think it was about you know getting your finances in order because people often think I wanna go do something fun, but that requires getting my nails done, money, coffee, money, closed shopping money. And they said, write down 10 things that you love to do or like to do that don't cost anything. Uh, Cause we forget there are that. Right. wonderful <laughs> pleasures in life that yeah, you forget absolutely. that don't really cost anything. Enjoying right. the, 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 the sunrise or uh, going for a walk or, you know, whatever it might be uh, petting a cat or so, you know, whatever. And so I wrote a number of those down, but those also get you in touch with on what your village might be by now getting in touch with what are the things that just give me pleasure and happiness and finding other people who also find those same likes. Well, know thyself. I think that's what you're, you're, you're getting at Christina yeah. is you have to know who you are and, mm -hmm. and, and, and then figure out what's missing or what you want to work on. Um, you know, we shouldn't be friends with people that just look like us, sound like us, think like us, you know, we want to be challenged. We want to always constantly be a student of life, you know, mm -hmm. and I always think it's like, you meet people and you have this mosaic inside of you and you take little pieces of those people and it becomes that mosaic mm. and you kind of reach into that mosaic as needed and say, I'm going to take a little bit of that person, a little bit of that person. And that's how I'm going to know how to deal with this situation or, mm. um, you know, be effective or be inspired or whatever it is. So, um, I think also remembering that we need to be open-minded and open-hearted about mm. this work too. Well, I, I love that you mentioned that because often you see it more polarized in social media yes. where you pick a camp and you got to be very narrowly right. inside of that camp where when I really sit down with people, no one fits really clearly 
no. in a box. It's no. like your you, your your ideas on certain things go varying places. It might be a little here, a little there. No one just boom a little box. Right. right. So what what's good about it is that when you when you put yourself in a box, that now all other ideas are shut down. Right. And and, and then let's say if you're only talking to people that are stuffed in that idea of this tight box when you have an issue you can't begin to see solutions because you're all thinking in this very narrow tight box it's exactly it and you have Mm -hmm. to also remember too that you're friends with people for different reasons Mm -hmm. so let's use politics as an example that's the most polarizing thing right whatever (laughs) you know and I'm friends with people from all across the spectrum in terms of political values or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And it's funny because there's certain friends that we never discuss politics because mm-hmm. we know it's not something that we're going to see eye to eye on, but we're friends mm-hmm. because there are other reasons we're friends. There's yeah. other, and, and I think that's also important too, mm-hmm. to understand that not everybody in your life is going to fill you up or satiate you or Mm -hmm. challenge you or fulfill you in all the, in the ways that you want to be, you have different friends for different reasons. And even during different times of your life. And sometimes it's, it's for, you know, like they say, a reason, a season, a lifetime, that's really kind of any relationship in your life. And Mm -hmm. instead of looking at any of the relationships you have romantic or otherwise as a mistake, Mm -hmm. you have to look at things as what did you learn? Because then then it was all worth it. In the end, if you if, if you didn't learn anything, then mm-hmm. then what was the point? Yeah. And what's interesting, uh, Florence, is that also you're at different stages of your life. Like I had right. some very wonderful friends that when I was at a certain stage of my life, they were absolute perfect and I was perfect in their life. And right. then, um, you know, I noticed when I started doing business, uh, some of them were like, this is weird. We don't get this. This is bizarre. And, and they weren't fitting in my life. So I started to connect with others who were creating their own business because right. they got what I was doing. And so right. the, the, the other friend from maybe high school, there was nothing wrong with them. It's just that we didn't jive anymore. Uh, they're doing their own thing. And so you, you know, you find a new community and nothing was wrong with what happened in the past, but we've right. both grown in different directions. Right. It served a purpose. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you just need to say, you know, thank you and honor it and then move mm-hmm. on. And, and that's it. Uh, you know, and as you start to figure out who you are too, mm-hmm. I always say you're becoming who you're becoming is one of my favorite, yeah. quotes. you know, you, you're going to start intentionally, uh, putting effort toward different places in your life that you want to expand upon or that you want to learn more about. Um, And you're going to hopefully surround yourself with people that are going to be complementing that stage of life for you. Um, And you don't know how long that stage is going to last. That's true. Yeah, as you go through different stages. Right now, my stage is really, uh, it's funny, I never thought it would be, but I'm really, really channeled into fitness. And so now it's funny, everyone in the area knows me, oh, you're the gym gal. Uh, oh, no that- one would ever have said that, you know, back when I was living in New York, I, I would have never, but, you know, but now because I go so often, everyone sees me there. Or, so it's it become like a, a new, new moniker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But again, you know, shouldn't we be allowed to reinvent ourselves, you know, whenever yeah. or just pursue different passions and, and, and that be your identity for however long that it's going to serve you or whatever it is. I, that's that's the wonderful thing about the evolution of a human being, right? Is yeah. that 
you have the opportunity um, to explore different things and 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 concentrate on different things. Yeah, and and what I like, and um, going back to what you said a little bit ago. Uh, about people of different varying views. I, I remember my mom had a best friend who completely thought differently, 180 degree differently politically. Um, this was during Reagan era. But interestingly, they were best friends and they could argue or have disagreements, but they were always best friends about it. And mm-hmm. I'd love for us as, you know, in a society to get back to that where we could I totally... Know. Yeah, where we could totally maybe disagree 180 degrees in that subject line, but we could totally hear each other out and be open to it and be like, yeah, I don't agree with you, but yeah. Wouldn't you know? that be great? Wouldn't yeah. that be great? You know, I talk about in the book, mm-hmm. uh, a common denominator throughout a theme, I would say, is uh, being consciously compassionate. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you're referring to requires that. You know, you may not agree, but you certainly we certainly as human beings should be able to to be consciously compassionate, uh, even if we don't agree on something. Uh, And the way we deliver how we feel about something, the way Mm -hmm. we treat people, you know, it's these are old school fundamental things that we all learned in the sandbox growing up. And and we seem to have gotten- Don't hit Timmy now, be nice. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. We seem to have forgotten our manners or forgotten how to treat people. I'm not exactly sure how to, how to categorize it. I just know that we're going down the wrong path, how we're treating one another, Um, you know, it would be nice. uh, Yeah. What I'm getting at here is I really think that, you know, the social media, like we were started with, has been such a blessing, but I think social media and the internet allows for that anonymity where people can forget, Oh, forget matters, manners. No one sees me. I can be horrid because no one sees Yeah. Or, or keyboard what are they, keyboard warrior, whatever they call it. Um, but, you know, the real factor is like I've sat down with people and had a coffee and we've talked maybe about politics or whatever. And then we realize that none of us thinks completely like we were talking in the box, like what you see on some of the social media that you're in this right. box or that box. And, right. and honestly, none of us really fit into any of those boxes where we're, we're, right. humans are so much more complex and dynamic that right. when we sit down, we're like, hey, we're not that different. You know, our views might be, you know, think certain uh, differently about something, but it's really not as different as we we think. Right. And finding common ground, I think, is yeah. important, too. And conflict itself is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, conflict leads to, to better ideas and all sorts of things, you know, but it, but conflict in terms of emotion, I would say, I think that's where we get into trouble sometimes is where we let our emotions get the best of us. We say things we shouldn't or things we don't mean, or, you know, a feeling is never wrong as they say, (laughs) but your reaction Uh is what can be wrong. The behavior is what can be wrong, not the feeling. Well, I'd love to get your feedback on that. Why? It seems like we've gotten more emotionally like a more emotional, but not in a good way. Like emotions run rampant. Yeah. But emotions, like you said, are not a bad thing, but how we're, we're just putting them out there. How has it gotten like that? And how do we learn to temper our, our, you know, feelings or emotions, you know, not, not deny them, but temper. 
I think learning an emotional language from a young age is where mm -hmm. it starts, I think, in proper, effective communication. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and that seems to be difficult for adults to do, let alone teach children <laughs> how to do it. And yeah. so I feel like, you know, look at social media as an example, or just TV in general. Uh, I was a nanny for 15 years back in the day. So I watched a lot of dynamics of families. Mm -hmm. And my, some of the parents would say to me, gosh, you know, I overheard my kid the other day you know, getting mad about something or emotional about something. And I said, well, you know, were they watching you react to something recently? And they were like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I had the TV on the other day and I was mad about something and I was kind of talking out loud. And I said, well, they're listening and they're watching. And so now when it's time for them to feel something or have a reaction about something, they're going to think about how mom or dad or whomever the adult is in their life, how they reacted to something they didn't like or they didn't agree with. Uh, and so and I'm not saying that it's just the role models or just the people around us that are are influencing it. But I also think that we do need to pay attention to how we are digesting content, mm. how we are uh, also how we are helping our children understand on social media, what's real, what's not, mm. uh, you know, what, um, what's appropriate, what's not, how do we treat people? What is empathy? You know, you know, these are all important conversations, I think, from a young age. And it's very important that we mm. as adults are modeling it, but we're also surrounding ourselves mm. with people that are modeling it well, as well. Wow. It's wow. We could have a, a, several more conversations about this. I think Good. Yes. It's so deep. I mean, cause also I was thinking, uh, you know, during the whole pandemic thing, what happened when we disconnected further with that, did that also inhibit feeling each other's emotions and empathy and stuff like that? Um, and how do we, as parents work through that and, and, you know, there's so much. It's very, so very, much. very, very deep. Um, but uh, this is a good start for people to get started and to pay attention because kids don't learn by, oh, do this, Timmy or Anne or whatever. It's more about your actions will speak louder to your children on what behaviors they should right. they should take. Because I think they're not going to listen as much as just by watching. They're not going to think, oh, mom did this. I'll do this. They'll just see it. And next time something happens, it'll automatically just come up and, and copy what they saw around them. Right. Friends and them. that imitation is important. You know, imitation is, is, is not a bad thing. Kids, that's how kids learn. They're imitating how your mouth looks and your eyes look, and they're paying attention to all of that. And it's so very exciting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as, as you get older, I always challenge people with this, you know, we don't want to be on our phones all the time, or we're not, like you said in the beginning, you know, we're not connecting with people, even when we're on, you know, a street corner or whatever it may be, we're, we're, we're we've got our heads down. Uh, we want our children, or we want the younger generation to behave a certain way, yet we as adults, uh, you know, or the older generation are not actually behaving the way that we're asking them to. We're not even taking our own advice. So how can we tell you, get off your phone, connect with people, talk to people, and we're not doing it? Mm. It's hard on all levels, but there has to be, again, back to this 
everything in moderation mentality. Uh, and I think we are a world today that lives in extremes. The pendulum swings very far, you know, and there is no gray area anymore. Uh, and I also think going back to what happens on social media, mm-hmm. we become very comfortable with just spewing out the hate or our opinions. And mm-hmm. we think, you know, social media makes us think that our opinions are, you know, the gospel truth yeah. I mean, and that everyone should pay attention to what we're saying and everyone should pay attention to us. And there's an entitlement. Yeah. So it's very layered. There's yeah, never it a is. reason why something yeah. is the problem, but yeah, we have yeah. to start looking at it. It's become UTV, but you're not a, a universe upon yourself. We're all interconnected. Right. Right. Um, you remember your, uh, on social media, how it used to be Everyone, I remember me looking on Facebook going, oh, her life's so much better. Her husband looks happy and they're going on fancy vacation or your business looks awesome. And it used to paint or people used to put up posts that look like glorious. And so everyone thought someone else's grass was greener. And, and they still do. Oh, you people know, still do that? Okay, I thought it was we, you know, <laughs> and, and I always say that to people too. Sometimes you wonder why you wake up in the morning and feel so depleted or so inferior. Well, you're probably comparing yourself subconsciously to whatever content you're digesting. Uh, and sometimes it means putting away your phone and not doing what they call the doom scrolling. Yeah. This is also very common with moms. You know, they look at all these other moms on social media that are, you know, making every holiday perfect and making these home made foods and making their kids, their costumes and they're ornate and beautiful and wonderful. And you're like, I barely got to carve a pumpkin with my kids this year for Halloween, let alone, you know, create a whole scene outside, you know, and, and, and you feel again, inferior, you feel like you're failing in some sort of way. So no social media, certainly it plays an enormous part uh, mm-hmm. uh, regarding how we feel about ourselves or our self-esteem or our self-worth. Um, mm-hmm. And think about how kids feel yeah. when they're on social media. Now, people always say you want to wait till the very last minute before you let kids on social media because it's mm-hmm. it's a tough world. And gosh, if I had social media when I was younger, I can't mm-hmm. even imagine. You know, I, for me, it was the, the worst thing in the world was just, you know, seeing a magazine cover of, you know, someone I liked and mm-hmm. she looked perfect or had the clothes I wanted or whatever mm-hmm. it was. You know, now there's so many reasons that children compare themselves yeah. or adults compare themselves. And then we wonder why we have a mental health crisis in this country. Tell me. Yes. And and not more medication, people. No, that's, no. That's not the answer. No, right? it's not. I mean, because it didn't... It, you know, sometimes medication is the answer, but that's not the only answer answer not the first answer yeah <laughs> right. I, I think what people like oh okay this bother me uh pill please but we right. you know last resort like let's look at all other options and right. i think what i'm getting as far as the best message here is first for adults to look at themselves know yourself where your your weaknesses kind of halt or, or realize how do you portray yourself to the outside world and to your kids and right. work on that um because we can't tell them to do what to do if we can't even Uh, you know, keep our phone. My one friend does a whole month in August of, um, no social media, no internet. That's wonderful. Oh my I mean, God. I, that that's really seems really hard to me. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, but he he does it and he comes back super refreshed. So he just uh, he's able to. He owns a business, so he's able to take a full month off and uh, not look at his internet. His people are handling everything. Um, Amazing. yeah. Yeah, but Good yeah, something to think about. But I, I, this about. has been this has been so awesome, Florence. I know we can go on for a lot longer because there's such yes. a deep subject. But where does everyone find out more about you and your book, Build Your Village? How do they find out more? 
If you go to my website, florenceanromano.com, uh, the book is available everywhere books are sold. And also feel free to follow me on social media. <laughs> no, you know, as we talk all about it, but I do answer every DM and I am here for you to be your virtual village. Aw, well, thank you so much, Florence. It's been awesome chatting with you today and getting to know you. And thank you for sharing your insights with our savvy audience. You too, Christina. Thank you for having me. You betcha. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.